God is doing something new in your life right now. Come on, there's 62 more days in 2010. And I know that everything that God promised in 2010, I shall receive it within 62 days. Somebody ought to raise the praise right there. You know that you know that you know that you know that God is not a man that he shall lie. That everything that he promised, everything that he said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hold on a second. Come on, I know things may not have been going your way. I know stuff may not have gone the way that you wanted to go. But listen, in spite of how things may look, in spite of how things may feel, God is yet still worthy of the praise. So I dare you, right? That's why the Bible say to make a sacrifice of praise. I really don't feel like lifting my hands because I've been disappointed this week because of things that have happened. But I lift up my hands in a sacrifice of praise unto God despite how I feel, despite what I'm going through. God, you are yet still good because when my mind goes back and look back at the things that you've done in the past, it energizes me for the future to let me know that, God, you're up to something, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Somebody ought to praise God right there for the newness. The newness. Hallelujah. That God is doing in your life. Six, come on, take it, neighbor. 62 more days. 62 more days. Might as well say 61 because this day is almost over. But 62 more days until we go into a new year. I'm not making a new New Year's resolution about what I'm going to do and all this other stuff because chances are, Kathy, I'm not going to even do it. I make all these resolutions, but I'm going to make a commitment. Forget a resolution, but I want to make a covenant with God that, God, I'm not going to wait till 2011 to change, God, but I'm going to start making some things new in my life now because I know that you're able I can't get nobody to go with me today. That's all right. That's all right. I know that God is able. And because he woke me up this morning, let's me know that I have another chance to get it right today. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Come on. Just put those hands together and praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be before you alone this morning. just want to encourage you from the word of God. Um, go with me to Joshua chapter 1. Choir, we thank you for ministering to us in song, getting us energized and ready, getting our minds right to receive the word of God. Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Those that are able to stand, let us stand uh, for the reading of God's word. We give all praises unto God, uh, to all of our elders and ministers, our mothers, our deacons, to all the officers of the church. Thank God for Elder Brian Harrison being with us on this one. Let's give Elder Harrison a hand. Amen. All right, let's do that again. Let's give Elder Harrison a hand. Amen. He's a guest. Amen. Amen. We don't want to give him an Apollo hand clap that we want him to get off the stage, but we want to give him a hope well. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, uh, verses 6 and 7. If you have it, say amen. I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible, and it says this. Be strong, confident, and of good courage, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous. Only you be strong and very courageous that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, is there a Joshua in the house? Come on, turn to your other neighbor, find you another neighbor and say, neighbor, is there a Joshua in the house? Come on, find somebody behind you. Find somebody behind you. If you're quiet, you find somebody out there in the audience. If you, 
Turn to the baptism pool and ask him, is there a Joshua in the house? Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your kindness, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. Uh, we thank you for being there, Lord God, when no one else was there. Lord God, we ask and pray that you open up our hearts, our minds, our ears, our spirits, that we may receive the word of God from you on today, Lord God. We bind every type of distraction. We take authority of the atmosphere now, and we bind up every distraction. We bind up every, uh, every spirit that's not like you, Father God. We bind up anything that will interrupt the move of God today. Lord God, you rest in this house, oh God. You, you rule, Lord God. And we ask all these things in your name. We pray and we say amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Is there a Joshua in the house. The book of Joshua uh, shows a new generation of leadership. Joshua, a protege of Moses. We all know about Moses, the man that God used and had a, a speech impediment that stuttered, but God yet used him in spite of his inabilities. That's a preach right there by itself that God can choose whomever he wants to do whatever he needs to be done and how we may put inabilities on ourselves about what we can't do and what, we, what, what we're not qualified to do. But God says, listen, you look at your inabilities as a, as a bad thing, but I look at your inabilities as a good thing that I'm able to use you for my service. So that's confidence. That's, that's a good word right there, somebody, that God can use us in spite of ourselves. Joshua, a protege of Moses comes on the scene after Moses' death to lead uh, the people of Israel to the promised land. When Joshua comes on the scene, uh, uh, he was probably upset with the children of Israel, trying to figure out why in the world have you been going in circles for 40 years and still haven't received the land yet. You know what God said. You know what God has promised. But yet you've been walking in the wilderness for 40 years doing the same old thing and expecting a different result. <laughs> expecting God to do a new thing, but you're walking in the same path for 40 years. And so Joshua comes on the scene. Moses demonstrated such patience um, with the children of Israel despite their rebellion, despite um, their idolatry of other gods, worshiping other gods, despite them being just who they were. Jo Moses had so much patience with them, but then Joshua comes on the scene. He comes on the scene with a new um, type of leadership style. He comes on the scene to let them know that, listen, I know, I know what has been going on. I know what we have faced in the past. I know that you're scared of change. I know that you're afraid of what's to come. I know you don't have an idea about what's going to happen. But listen, people of God, we must move forward and take everything that God says that we can have. We must move forward to possess everything that God says is ours. So Joshua had the confidence to be able to move forward because God reminded him and said, he said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Joshua had a daunting task to lead these rebellious, stubborn people. But this wasn't an impossible job. Because the hand of God was on Joshua's life. Joshua's main, main priorities were um, to listen to God, to be obedient to what God told him to do, and to get the people to the promised land. Just like Joshua, you and I, we have a promised land that we must enter. 
God has made us promises, and even though time has passed and nothing has happened, we must keep believing and trusting what God has already said. Listen, saints of God, I know I said earlier that we got 62 more days in the year of 2010, and I know I'm not the only one that God has made some promises to this year. Am I the only one today just by a show of hands? Has God made any promises to anybody else in here today? I know that God has told us some things, and listen, we shouted, we danced, we fell out, we did all those different things, and we, when God told us what he was going to do, but that shout soon stopped because we were shouting. That's how my good friend Elder hold it, Dave. That shout dwindled because days have passed, hours have passed. Minutes have passed. Seconds have passed. And God, wait a minute. (laughs) Nothing has happened yet. Nothing has happened yet. And now we are in the place where we're not trusting or believing in God because God You said this, God, you said that. God, you made me all of these promises, and now here I am in October, God. Two more months left in 2010, and yet I have not received nothing yet. And we become disappointed in God. And we become upset with God because we feel that God has failed us in what he said. Listen, the word of God tells us that his way is not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His timing is not our timing. So God moves in mysterious ways. And the ways that he moves, we may not always understand how he's moving. We may not always understand why all the different things are happening in our lives. But we must rest assured that God is not a man that he should lie. And everything, the Bible says that when he sent his word out, it does not return back unto him void. But it accomplishes everything that it was sent out to do. So imagine Joshua trying to figure out, okay, God, you done told us to do it. But I just believe, I'm not trying to add them to the Bible. I believe just in my sanctified imagination that Joshua could have asked himself, God, listen, is the reason why we haven't made it to the promise that is it because of you or is it because of us? Ask yourself the question today, people of God. Is the reason why I have not received the promises of God thus far in 2010, is it because of God? Or is it because of me? Has there been something in my life that has hindered the move of God to move supernaturally on my behalf? Is that something in my life that I have done that has put God on pause where he's not moving in my life at the speed that I desire him to? Could it be my unbelief that God, because God has not moved in, the, in my time, in, my, in the way that I wanted him to move, in the directions that I gave God. It amazes me how sometimes folks, Christians try to give God directions. We try to give God a, 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 a plan, a timeline, a calendar on how we want him to move, when we want him to move, at the time we want him to move. But Joshua, I believe, asked himself, God, is it because of us? Is it because of you or is it because of us? Joshua, all Joshua could go off of is what God 
had already said. Despite how things may look in front of him, despite how things may look around him, despite how things may have looked in the past, all Joshua could do was go by what God had already told him. Saints of God, I came to tell you today that it does not matter how it looks, but all that matters is what God has already said. It doesn't matter how stuff may look around you, how things may not be adding up the way that it should go. Listen, y'all said this a couple of weeks ago. You imagine yourself being out of Carbonell already by the end of this year, and here you are, 62 days into the, left in 2010, and you're still here. Still here. Thought a change was coming, but you're still here. But it has ever entered into your minds that sometimes before God can put you into something new, he has to change you first. The Bible says that you cannot put new wine into old wineskin. Can't put new wine into old wineskin. Because trouble will arise and there will be seasons of tornadoes and hurricanes. But it's what we do when we are in tough seasons in life. Listen, you are, we are going to have some stuff. Listen, some of us may already be in some stuff now, some seasons. Hurricane season. Stuff just all wild and crazy. Can't explain it. But it's how you handle the tough seasons in your life. Life is all about how you go through the stuff that you're going through. Because, listen, the truth of this, the Bible says they complain about it. We're walking around this for 40 years. Ain't nothing happened yet. They're complaining, whining, murmuring. They could have been out of it, but they wouldn't shut up. A change could have came, but they could not keep their mouths closed. Couldn't keep their mouths shut. And they're wondering, that's, the, 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 that's what they say insanity is, repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So they was walking around insane for 40 years around the same thing, doing the same thing for 40 years. Trouble is going to come, saints. But it's all about how you handle the tough seasons in your life because it's going to be some up times. There's going to be some middle ways times, and there's going to be some valley times where you feel that you're at your lowest. But it's all about how you handle the tough seasons in your life. Bishop Eddie Long and Bishop uh, T.D. Jakes, they were in Atlanta walking around going to lunch. And they was getting ready to go into the restaurant. This lady come out, I see you preachers. Seeing you on TV taking people's money. Crawford lying to him, saying all this other stuff. Now, somebody popped out of anywhere calling you a liar and all this, pretty much calling you a false prophet, you know. It's a few syllables you want to tell them. But they continued to move forward. They went down some of the ways and they met a guy. And the guy came up to him and said, oh, man, I'm so honored uh, to see you. I'm so honored to be in your presence. You know, your, your ministries have been such a blessing to me. You're, you know, you, you poured into my life, and I poured back into you. But yet, they said not a word. But they kept going. There are going to be times in your life where people are going to speak well of you. And there's going to be times where people are not going to speak well of you at all. 
But it's in those tough seasons in your life where you cannot stop and give the enemy room to be able to come in and allow their flesh to rise up to say something that you may let all regret. But you must continue to keep moving forward and let nothing stop you from progressing and, and getting the land that God says that you can have. Let nothing stop you from getting all that God has for your life. Got a question for you this morning. I'm almost done. How long will you neglect to go and to possess the land which God has given you? How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which God has given you? Because sometimes what we do and the reason why we don't always move forward, the reason why we don't always move in the way that we should move and and believing and trusting God is because we're grieving over what God has not done. And we grieve over disappointments. Listen, grief is not only just when you lose a when you lose a loved one, someone that you love so dearly. But the definition of grief of grief as well is annoyance and frustration. At times, we grieve over what has not happened in our lives. We grieve over disappointments because we expect the one thing to be one way, but it did not turn out the way that we wanted it to be. And we're frustrated and we are annoyed. I don't know nobody want to talk to me, but that's all right. We must not grieve over what God, what we feel that God has not done. We must not grieve over the disappointments in life, but we must trust and believe God and go after God like we never have before and to go after everything that God said that we can have, go after everything that God said we can be in his name. Joshua had a task that he had to go no matter what. He had to move no matter what. If everybody didn't want to go, that's fine. I'll take the folks that want to go. But we are going to possess the land that God told our forefathers that we could be able to have. Because just as God was with Moses, he said, God had to, the Lord had to remind him, so am I with you. So am I with you. The people could not, it's interesting, the people could not move forward until Moses Moses died. Because Moses' assignment was already completed. He was to start the work. But Joshua was to come in and to take them all the way to the promised land. Listen, what are some things in your life that have not died that's hindered you from possessing the promise? What are some things in your past that you have not allowed to die that's hindering you from becoming and being everything that God has called you to be? Listen, God is looking for a Joshua generation of people. God is looking for a remnant of Joshua people who will have the boldness and the courageous and the confidence to go after and do and be all that God said that they could be. And to possess everything that God says that they can have. You say, preacher, but what are the characteristics of of Joshua? I'm going to share them with you real quick because you guys are real quiet and probably don't want to hear me, but that's all right. The first thing, preacher, I'm not going to rush it. The first characteristic of Joshua is this, boldness. The Bible, look at verse 6, it says, listen, be strong, confident, and of good courage, for you shall call this people to inherit the land which I swore that which I swore to their fathers to give them. Listen, he had to be bold, he had to be courageous, he had to be confident, because he was full of some rebellious people that wanted to stay right where they were. They could not see past where they were. All they could do was remember the past. 
All they could do was remember the former things, but they could not see the new stuff that God was trying to do in the midst of them. But they couldn't see past where they were. And so he had to be bold. He had to be confident. And the one thing that Joshua could not do in being bold and being confident, he could not compromise who he was, and he could not compromise the assignment that God has given him. Listen here, saints of God. Don't you dare, don't you dare compromise with the assignment that God has given you. Don't you dare alter it. Don't you dare change it due to people or what folks may think of you or how they may view you or what folks are going to say. Because the truth of the matter is, whether you do do what God tells you to do, folks going to talk. And if you don't do what God says, people going to talk some more. Well, I thought they was a child of God. I thought they was a woman of God. I thought they was a man of God. No, 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 no. We cannot allow ourselves to compromise the gift that God has placed on the inside of us. Listen, I know some folks may try to take your confidence as arrogant, but no, 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 don't get it twisted, honey. I'm not arrogant. I'm not cocky. I'm just confident, not so much in myself, but I'm confident in the one that made me. I'm prideful in the one that made me. I'm not, I'm not trying to be stuck up about listen because I know where God has brought me from I know what God is doing in my life right now so I'm not confident in me but I'm confident in my creator and that's the thing Joshua was able to do he was able to be confident in God he wasn't confident in himself because he realized in this flesh lies no good thing in this flesh, uh, listen, I, 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 I can fall in any time. So it's not me that's holding me up, but it's God that's holding me up, that's stopping me from falling into my flesh, that's causing me not to give in to my flesh, to give in to the desires of my flesh, and to mess up what God desires to do in my life. Because there's a difference in being confident and being arrogant. Arrogant folks, they look down on the people. They walk on top of other people. But confident people stand strong in what they believe in, and they bring people up to where they are. And that's what Joshua was trying to get the people to understand. He said, listen, I'm, he, listen, I, listen, I, just from my, my, my imagination, I can believe Joshua said, listen, all right, we wandered around this thing for 40 years with Moses. We're not doing it now. We're not walking around this. We're not walking around for 40 years in the wilderness just twirling our thumbs being idle. No, we have a job to do. We have a land to go and possess that God says is ours. How long, saints of God, are you going to allow the enemy to mess with your mind and to twist your thoughts around and to wander around the wilderness for, for five more years and you're expecting God to do something new? Joshua had to be bold. And that's what God is saying to you today. Listen, yes, you have 62 more days left in 2010. But listen, what are you going to do in those 62, more, 62 days is going to make a difference? What are you going to do? What changes are you going to make? What plans are you going to put in action to make sure that the next 62 more days, come hell or high water, come hurricanes or tornadoes, these are going to be the best 62 days of my life because I'm going to walk out and do everything that God has commissioned me to do. I'm going to be everything that God has called me to be. So what if people talk? So what about what they think? But I'm going to be what God says. That I am. 
The second thing, Joshua had to be courageous. He had to stand in the midst of adversity and don't shrink back. He had to stand in the midst of trials. He had to stand in the midst of tribulations and not pull back. But he had to stand and be God's man before these people. He had to stand and declare what thus says the Lord. And listen, just like Joshua, people of God, you and I have to do the same thing. We're going to have trials. We're going to have tribulations. That's a guarantee. But we have to stand flat-footed in the midst of our adversity and not shrink back to the old way. But we must do what God has told us to do. You must go after everything that God says that you can have. You must go after everything that God says that you can be. And you must be courageous because, listen, in life, you are going to deal with some demons. You are going to deal with some warfare, heavy warfare. Listen, in the midst of change, in the midst of God renewing some stuff, listen, there is going to be the most difficult times in your life because just as God is trying to bring something new, the devil is going to show up too. And the devil ain't always walking around in a red suit with the pitchfork and the tail. But he walks around in some people too. Because later on in Joshua, when Joshua sent the spies out to go out there to view, to, 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 uh, view out the land, he went himself. They didn't know he went out there and looked too, but he did. Because he got to see, listen, let me see what kind of report they bring back. And let me see what I saw for myself. Don't let other folks determine things for your life. Don't always let somebody else, what they think, be the determining factor of what you are going to do in your life and the decisions that you're going to make in your life. Now, the Bible says that there is safety in wise counsel. I'm not, don't, get, don't, 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 don't get it twisted. There's safety in wise counsel, but you also have to use discernment and know those that are of God and those that are not of God. Because everybody that's coming and said, well, God told me, no, he did not tell you that. And you got to be able to have the courage and you must be able to be bold enough to say, no, God did not say that to you about me. <laughs> Didn't do it. Because the problem that we have is we go ahead and we let people say something because we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. But we have allowed these words to be sown into our lives that we know are not true. All right, story time. Y'all don't understand. Let's share a story. Y'all remember the time I told y'all I was at that church? Sitting there minding my own business, enjoying the service. Pastor said, you. I said, darn it. I mean, I looked around. Man, she was pointing at me. I stood up. I was like, oh, gosh. What is she going to say? Sent one of the ministers over there. Lay hands on that brother. I said, okay. I lift my hand. I follow the protocol. I, I, she didn't even ask me to lift my hands. I just lift. So she started praying, the pastor praying, the minister praying, drawing up sickness. And I said, whoa, wait a minute, sickness? I said, I ain't sick. <laughs> and she, I mean, she really getting good into the prayer. So I, I ain't said nothing. I ain't said nothing. I'm sitting there. As she praying, I'm sitting there buying up everything that she said. I, I bind sickness now in the name of Jesus. So I let the service go on or whatever. I sat down. You put up that church speaking, I was out the door. <laughs> Don't allow what people say to be the determining factor 
in your life. Because everybody that comes and speaks certain things don't even mean well. They, they're, not, they, they're not speaking in favor of your life or they're speaking in damnation of your life. And you must be able to know the difference between people speaking life and folks speaking death. And you must be courageous enough to let them know, say, oh, listen, I appreciate the prayer, brother, sister, brother, 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 whoever it is. But what you're saying is not the truth. We got to be courageous. And Joshua had to deal. Listen, I'm pretty sure, once again, I'm using my sanctified imagination, but I'm pretty sure Joshua dealt with a little bit of intimidation because he was probably fool. He was probably working with some people that was old enough to be his grandparents, great-grandparents. They've been in this wilderness for 40 years. Folks done got old. Done been with them. But yet still, he had to stand and say what thus says the Lord. He had to do what God told him to do. I'm, t- I'm looking at some people today that there are some Joshua's in the house today that you made up in your mind that you are going to be bold, that you are going to be courageous, and that you're not going to compromise what God says about you. Because there's some things that God has said about you that you don't even know about yourself. There's some things that God already has out there in the atmosphere about you that you do not even know yourself. Because Joshua was courageous. Listen, Joshua was then able to take risks. Tell somebody, you got to be a risk taker. Got to be a risk taker. But at the same time, you have to use wisdom and discernment. Because you got some folks that just want to be a wild renegade. You want to go out there and just do whatever, try whatever, don't care. But God is saying, listen, I want you to take risks. I, I, I need you to step out there on faith. Because, listen, the, the, who, who was it, Peter, that walked out there on the water? Was on his way. But he looked back. He looked back. Don't look back at what God, don't, don't look back to the past. And if when you do look back to the past, it ought to energize you for what God is going to do in the future. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm almost done. I know I keep saying, but I really am. My notes are coming to an end. You know how preachers be up there saying, well, I'm almost done. No, I tell you what really gets me upset sometimes when they get to preaching or whatever. And you think they done, but that was only the introduction. <laughs> you were like, What? I thought I was the only one. Maybe I'm the only one. Okay, we'll let that pass. I get a little. You just thought you was about to get out of church early. Just thought you was about to go and catch that lunch special. You know, try to save a little money. Lord, that was just my introduction. Brother, what? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 through 4. When you have it, say amen. And it says, and you shall honestly remember all the way which the Lord your God led you through the 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to prove you to know to know what was in your mind and heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with men of which you did not know, nor that your fathers know that he might make you recognize and personally know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not become old upon you. Nor did your feet swell these 40 years. Wait, wait a minute. Let me read that again. Your clothing did not become old upon you, nor did your feet swell these 40 years. Your clothing did not become old. 
upon you, nor did your feet swell these 40 years. Can you imagine wearing the same thing for 40 years? And it fits just right. Listen, now you know these bad boys done ate, they done, they, they done fellowship at somebody's house over some meal that God had, over some food that God had blessed them with, but they did not outgrow their clothes, nor did their feet swell. Over 40 years, listen, over, that's a lifetime that you go over different sizes in your shoes. But their feet did not swell. Listen, saints of God, that goes to show us right there the provision of God. We must remember what God has done in the past, but this should, this should energize us to move forward, knowing God's past provisions for his future performance. We can go back to the past. We can recollect on the past. We can reminisce on the past. We can think about the past. But the past ought to be something that energizes us for the future because when we think about God's provision, then we can also think about his future performance in our lives. He looked out for these people that were rebellious. He looked out for these people that worship other gods. He looked out for these people that did not do everything. They, they didn't do everything by the law. They didn't follow every commandment that he gave them. He provided for people that deliberately disobeyed him and the, the man that he had to, to, to lead him. But he yet provided for them, making sure they had clothes, making sure they had food. It's time, saints of God. What are we waiting for? Ask the neighbor, neighbor, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Because I'm learning sometimes we say, God, give me a sign. Lord, show me what to do. And a lot of times God has already spoken, but we don't want to do what he said. And we know it, and we're trying to get a second opinion because we don't like the first opinion. <laughs> Thus causing us to miss out and to hinder what God desires to do in our life. And the last thing, saints of God, you got to stay in the word. You got to stay in your word. Listen, many times people, they come to church, oh, I came to church to get a word. That's all well and fine, but don't put all that pressure on the preacher either. Because you have a responsibility. The Bible says to study thyself. Study the word of God yourself. Pray yourself. Yes, this, yes, you're supposed to come and expect a word from God. But all I should be doing is confirming what God has already shared with you Monday through Saturday. You have to stay in your word. Because the word of God is your map of life to get you from point A to point B. The word is what will lead you into every avenue, every boulevard, every street, every turn, every corner that you should take in life. But it comes down to the matter. Do you really want it? Do you really want it? Do you really want it? Do you really want to possess all that God has for you? Because, listen, going into unknown territory is a scary thing. <laughs> Let's be real. I know God ain't giving us a spirit of fear, but power and love, but that fear comes up a little bit. When you're walking into unknown territory, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how things are going to turn out. What was that? 
Girl, y'all better stop playing with me. All I saw was a flash. My knees got real weak. I, boy, I almost went down like Jamie Foxx. <laughs> Woo, I just saw a flash, Lord. Yeah, it's time to go home. My gosh. Woo. Let me catch myself. <laughs> oh, Lord, that scared me. <laughs> but when you're going into unknown territory, just like that one, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what they expect. That's when you have to be rooted in the word of God. That's where your feet have to be grounded in the word of God. Because sometimes, listen, the, the, the inner man is easy to regress back. It's easy to regress back. Why? Because that's the place of comfort. That's a place of ease. That's a place where you know everything that's going to happen. You know how stuff is going to turn out. But when you move into an unknown territory and you can't plan things out the way that you see fit, that's a scary thing. But those are the times in life where our trust in God has to elevate. It has to go to another level. It has to go to a new place. That I trust and believe in God. Because, listen, we can't always go based on what we see with our eyes. Listen, I'm, I'm cautious now about certain decisions I make. I pray first to make sure that it's not my flesh that's leading me into doing it. Because the Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And it leads to death. Why? Because I chose to follow after my flesh and not after God. There are some people in this room today. You know the promises that God has made to you. You know what God has said. And the crazy thing about it is you have enough or you have the audacity to believe that he's going to do it. You have the audacity to believe that God's going to make a way in the, in, in, in the in, that God's going to make a way in the wilderness. You, you, you have the audacity to believe that God is going to bring into manifestation everything that He promised you in your life. And sometimes the thing about it, we just don't know how to grab it and and work with it the way that we should, so that we can be able to see it happen in our lives. And that's when fear comes in. That's where doubt comes in. That's where we start, you know, we make a list of all the things that we can't do. We look, we look at all our inabilities. And we put God in a box. Put him in a box. And we say, God, you stay in this box, you, box, you can't move beyond this box. When God is saying, let me out the box so that I can move supernaturally in your life and do some things that would literally blow your mind. Listen, there's some Joshua's in the house today. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. If you're crazy enough to believe that everything that God promised you In 2010, I want you to meet me at the altar. 
You know what God said that you can have. You know what God said you can be. And you're crazy enough to believe. You're crazy enough to believe. You're crazy enough to believe that God, I'm going to receive everything that you said, despite how things may be looking, despite how I may feel that time, despite this roller coaster of life that I'm on. God, I believe it. And the Bible tells us to call those things that be not as though they already were. Let me say that again. To call those things that be not, to speak it by faith. To speak it by faith and know that God is going to do just what he said he would do. Can I stress enough? That despite how you may feel at times, listen, some days I don't want to go to work, Dr. Coney. Now, some of that is because I just don't want to go. But some of it because I'm tired. But I have to keep pressing my way in spite of. May not feel like getting up extra early to pray, but I got to keep pressing myself in spite of how I feel. May not want to read the Bible right then, but I got to press my way. I got to do it. Despite of how this flesh feels, the spirit man is saying, I need to be fed. I need the word. I need you to pray because that's something that God wants to share with you. That's something that God wants to tell you. And just like God told Moses, just as God told Moses and Joshua, so I was with him, so am I with you. And that's what God is saying to you today. Just as I was with Moses, just as I was with Joshua, I'm with you today. I'm with you today. And then everything that comes up your way, you're not going through it by yourself, but God is right there by you. Listen, we have to stop putting, taking on so many loads of life on us. When the Bible clearly tells us that he wants to make an exchange, he said, listen, my burdens are light and my yokes are easy. I want to make an exchange with you. I want, he desires for you to be light. Lift your hands up before the Lord. And I just want you to begin to just speak well of God. I just want you to just begin to speak well of God. I know things may not be going the way that you want them to go. I know stuff has not in the past has not gone the way that you desire for them to be. But I dare you right now just to open up your mouth and to speak well of God in spite of what's going on, in spite of how you feel, in spite of how things may look, in spite of what's going on around you. I dare you to speak well of God. I dare you to let him know how worthy he is. But it's because it's been God, let me remind you, it's been God that has made a way for you out of nowhere. It's been God that has kept you. It's been God that has provided for you. It's been God that kept your mind when you should have lost your mind. It's been God that kept your car when you should your car should have been a repo. He's the one that made a way for rent when you should have been kicked out a couple of months ago. It was God supernaturally working in your life. It's been God that restored your marriage. It's been God that kept your kids when they were out there doing whatever. It's been God that kept your life when you should have been dead. You should have been gone. Cancer should have taken you out. The relationship should have taken you out. But it's been God. It's been God that has kept you thus far. It's been God's hand upon your life. Don't you dare forget it. Don't you dare forget it. 
I pray right now, Father God, in the name of Jesus, over your children, over your sons, over your daughters, Father God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, oh God, that the spirit of Joshua will rise up on the inside, Father God, and make up in their minds that I will let nothing stop me from inheriting the land that you already said that I can have. That I will let nothing hinder me, oh God, from being everything that God said that you said that we can be. I come against past hurts, oh God, that have not been dealt with, Father God. I come against, Lord God, wild emotions, Father God, that's fluctuating and going every way up and down, sideways and out, Father God. But I pray that you will bring their emotions intact, oh God. Bring their emotions in order, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father God. I come against pain, Father God. I come against past hurts, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. We shall conquer the pain. We shall conquer the hurt, oh God. We release it today, God. We release the pain. We release the hurt today, God, in the name of Jesus. We release it today. Help us, oh God, to keep our mouths shut when we don't need to speak. Help us not to talk ourselves out of the blessing. Help us not to talk our ways out of the miracles that you want to do in our lives. Give us discernment, Father God. Give us discernment, oh God, that we can know those that are for us and those that are against us, oh God. Help us to be able to see the traps that's laid up in front, Father God, before we even get there, Lord God. We can know, God. In the name of Jesus, help us not to trust so easily, Lord. But that we be cautious what we tell folks, what we tell people. And I pray, God, that what you do in their lives won't just be a now thing, but it will be a generational thing, God. That the promises that you unlock in their lives, Father God, won't just bless them, but it will bless their kids, their kids, kids, their kids, kids, kids. So that's why you have to let go of the pain. Because if you don't let go of that hurt, that hurt will go to generations. If you don't let go of those strongholds, those strongholds will go to generations. We break it now in the name of Jesus. We we capture everything that's not like it, Father God. And we bind it now in the name of Jesus. Never lose your hold now. Lose your hold over their minds. Loose your minds over their hearts. In the name of Jesus. I call for order in their lives now in the name of Jesus. I call for structure in their lives now in the name of Jesus. That our lives are not our own, Father God, but they are your lives, Lord. We live for you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And God, we know that we have 62 more days left in 2010. And we know that we have 62 more days, Father God, to claim everything that you said that we can have, God. We speak it by faith, oh God. We call it out by faith now in the name of Jesus. And everything that's not like you, Lord God, we leave it at this altar today. We leave it at the altar today. We walk out of this place with a renewed mind, with a renewed purpose. In the name of Jesus, with renewed hope, renewed energy, Lord God. I come against, Lord God, the, I, I, I come against the, the, the tired spirit right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. So I'm a tired, Lord God, but I speak strength right now in the name of Jesus. 
I speak strength right now in the name of Jesus. Strength to go on and make it. Strength to go on and claim the promises. Strength, oh God, not to stop, Father God. The tiredness in their minds, Lord. I pray that you will re-energize them, oh God. Refresh them now, God. In the name of Jesus. Pour over them now in the name of Jesus, oh God. Pour your spirit out, Lord God, among your daughters. Pour your spirit out among your sons, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And God, we celebrate for what you're going to do in our lives, Lord. We celebrate for what you're going to do in our neighbor's lives, God. And we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory and all the saints of God. Put those hands together and you just begin to praise God for what God is about to do in your life. But not just your life, but your neighbor's life. But not just your neighbor's life, but your kids' lives. Your kids' kids' lives. Generations to come. You're laying the foundation for generations to come. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, hug your neighbor. Encourage your neighbor. Come on, find your neighbor and hug them. Come on, encourage your neighbor. Come on, we can get through it together. We can make it together. We can get through it together. I need you just as you need me. We can make it together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's put the devil on a run and let the devil know that he has no territory here to let the devil know he has no rights here to let the devil know that he is in it. He's trespassing a land that's not even his. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, we bless your name. For you are worthy. Come on, one more time, choir. We give you praise. Yes. Come on, one more time. No music, no music. Make those words cease mean something. Come on and give him glory. Give him glory. Come on, don't do it because I'm asking you to do it. Do it because he's worthy in your life. Do it because he's God and besides him there is no other. 
there is no other. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated if you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, half five your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'm going to get it. Come on, half five another neighbor and tell them, I really mean it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get everything that God says I can have. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, quiet, sing that and encourage somebody. That's the word for somebody today. To just speak it in the atmosphere. Come on. Come on and put those hands together and give God praise. Hallelujah. 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 As we prepare our hearts to give, um, if you need an offering envelope, just lift your hands. Lift your hands. And if you need an offering envelope, then the ushers will bring you one. Um, lift your hands in real high so they can be able to see you if you need an offering envelope. Let's bring it down just a little bit. We want, I have to thank you all for being faithful. Um, in your giving for our 108th church anniversary, we had a wonderful time last Amen. week. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. We had a wonderful time last week, so we thank you.